Welcome back. Last we met, the uh, Agents for Thorn Investigations had started delving uh, more into the mystery of the McCulloch collection. The heist that had gone fairly sourly for those that had tried to steal valuable artifacts from this um, historical collection of treasures and things from around the world uh, in Glasgow. The agents had used... Stephen Donnelly, who was the only witness to what was what he described as a dragon attacking him and his uh, fellow thieves as part of a big magic uh, to try and discern a bit more about the dragon, um, only find themselves sort of confronted with a room full of people and no actual dragons before Stephen went mad due to the magic. The group then decided to go to Glasgow to find out more and to, you know, Fight a dragon, I guess, maybe. And uh, maybe it's not a dragon. You know, maybe I'm not going to give you a dragon to fight second mystery in. Uh, Vera and Evangeline had uh, taken Vera's van over to Glasgow, which is taking you a couple of hours to get there, while Tabitha and Peter took the train, allowing them time to go to the crash site of Stephen Donnelly's van, where Tabitha and Peter met Inspector Martin Galloway, who is the... Uh, who's looking after sort of the, the crash and the bodies and the investigation then. Um, but they also ran into one Nancy Alcott, who seemed to know a bit about Evangeline Lane Fox and also Annabelle Thorne and Thorne Investigations as a whole. Um, and last we left off, Peter had just told them that they suspect a dragon is behind the, the crash, the burning, and everything that's gone wrong so far. And so that is where we pick up. Nancy looks at you, Peter, and she says, Now, why would you say dragon? Looks like a dragon. Fire, yes. Wings, inf- scales. What information have you got? How do you know there are wings and scales? Thorough investigation. She looks at... I feel we're going off on the wrong foot again here. I just want to know if you're holding back any information from us. What sort of information? I saw it in the tea leaves. Ah, you read tea leaves. Bremond tries to stifle a little bit of a laugh at that. Um, and Orcus says, So you read in tea leaves that a dragon with scales and wings attacked this fan here? No, we have more information we're obviously holding back. Because See, I, our duty is to contain the dragon. As is ours. To, We're on the same side here, Peter. Not all governments can be trusted with that information. How do we know you are not in league with the dragon? I mean, there's no specific thing I can tell you except the fact that it's a dragon and that if it gets out, it's not good for anybody. We just want to know so we can help. And well, cards on table then. We have come into contact with a young gentleman who uh, had in his possession an item which has uh, attracted the attention and ire of said dragon um, that I did see in the tea leaves. Um, And it's an ancient art. I look at the man and there's no need to chuckle about it. Um, 
but yeah, so he told us that a lizard, fire lizard man was trying to kill him and his car, uh, which is how we quickly came to the conclusion it's a dragon. The uh, man pulls his uh, notepad out of his uh, rest pocket again and flicks through a few pages and he says, would that be Stephen Donnelly you have? I have said we have him. So we met him. You met Stephen Donnelly. Where is he now? In Edinburgh. Right. And how is he? We would like to talk to him as well. He's not doing so well after being in the said crash. Um, I think they may at some point refer to it as PTSD. Perhaps. Um, Although at the moment I have no idea what you're talking about. It's Um, kind of a shell shock. And uh, the man says, did Stephen mention anything to you about why him and his brother and their friends had taken up this job? Uh, I look at Peter just to try and gauge how honest we're being, because I wasn't going to tell him about Stephen Donnelly, but Peter wants to be honest. We're on the same side. I think we've said enough today. Are you going to let us look at the crash site? Perhaps we could meet later when the others from our group are here. And if you don't believe in Thorn investigations, perhaps we should just go and leave your scene if you don't wish to allow us to investigate here. Orcott speaks to you now saying, I would very much like for you to tell us all the information you know. And the fact that you're not telling us really doesn't make me feel inclined to let you poke around this investigation. Tell Evangeline I said hello, and that I hope that she's gotten better at playing her violin since I last saw her. I try not to laugh. Um, You can tell her yourself, if she means that much to you. I'm sure you're in regular contact. I don't ever remember her mentioning your name, though. Oh, she wouldn't. She has lots of secrets she's hiding. Don't we all? And he gives her a bit of a look that suggests he thinks she's got loads of secrets. Mm. And I give her uh, a look that suggests I want to know Evangeline's secrets. (laughs) (laughs) And she says, well, I'll be seeing you later then. And we have a big old chat about it. Yes, we haven't arranged accommodation yet in the city. Where would you recommend we stay? Anywhere good for protection against dragons? I don't think anywhere is good for protection against dragons. Oh, that's a shame. Perhaps underwater. Um, We'll be going. Um, Is this the point where we leave and you send, well, your friend over there to follow us? No, we don't need to follow you. We know where you live. Don't let us keep you up. I'm sure Evangeline will be waiting. Um, Tabitha, we've made we've made a mistake. You've really ruined that. Yeah. We've I think many layers of mistakes have just happened. What if we just don't tell Vera and Evangeline about this? Is... And maybe it will never come back to haunt us. <laughs> as um as you are walking. Uh, there is a moment where the they both talk. If you look over each other, they sort of conferring. Redmond takes out a small folder um, and sort of flicks it open. Then Alcott smiles, looking down at it, and she 
calls after you both. She says, and Mr. Anderson, please do give Evangeline our kindest regards. Um, all right. Just because I need to do that. He needs to do this. So as we, as I kind of notice that as we're walking, um, I want to use magic to do something beyond human limitations. Okay. What is and it? I want to catch the paper that he's holding in his hand and I want it to burst into flames as we walk away. Okay. Because okay. he kept getting his little you... notebooks out and stuff. And yeah, find like, notes first, hang on names down, spelling them. I, I, want, I want the written evidence. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, no, I mean... Why did we do this on our own? We should, we should not have done this. Why did they let the two of us go? It's not Team Charm. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Uh, give me a use magic to see if you don't kill Redmond like that after first meeting him. Uh, ten. Ten. It is so it just happens. It just happens. Then. Yeah, so um, magic works without issues. So um, just, yeah, his... His, his notebook. Else. As she says Lights. it, it just bursts into flames. Okay. And we do not turn around. I do not turn around. I do just go, do not turn around. Okay. Um, <laughs> Tabitha, do you can I roll around? act under pressure to see <laughs> yeah, if I You absolutely that. can. You absolutely can. Okay. Um, yeah, seven. Seven. So I, I just about managed to not turn around. But you did turn around. I mean, yeah, I mean, what you see is uh, the... Papers. No, I don't turn around. I I act. I succeeded. So oh, I'll you succeeded. So you just, 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 just. Yeah. So, Can you describe it to me, Peter? As far as you explain, as far as you're aware, Peter, the, the notebook catches on fire. I set his notebook alight. Um, so, at the McCulloch Collection outside the building, um, Vera and Evangeline, your van pulls up. Or are you going to the crash site as well? No, we're meeting at the station. Supposed to meet at the train yeah. station. <laughs> you meet at the station. You go to the train station, you meet Evangeline and Vera there. Let's act like we've just been here waiting. Maybe we should I, get a newspaper to pretend we've read it. I think we should just be honest. Okay. I don't think we can. We're going to have to lie about doing the research and anger. So I don't know if I can lie more with Evangeline right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do some honesty. Hey. How was your journey, ladies? Uh, quite a pleasant drive, actually. The countryside between uh, Edinburgh and Glasgow is lovely. There's a quaint peacefulness to everything here as we, as we, as we arrived. Give one little pause for thoughts. Yourselves, how was your travels? Have you been waiting long? We we didn't wait. We we began the investigation and have had to stop. Oh, did, did, did everything Angus provide you inspire you to move forward with the investigation and find out some more information? Unfortunately, oh, due to data job. protection, I couldn't remove the files from... Uh, the archive. So we did have a very a sign out form for you to have taken. He did not bring me a form. For... No, of course. Um, but I we had a, a lively debate about. Um, and I did some research in the tea leaves, Evangeline. So no time's been wasted. Is there? Is there? Have you got a written report of what you found? Um, no, I haven't written not... it down yet. No. Well, what have you done with the, with the time? Well, it is a dragon. 
Um, Definitely a dragon. Um, Apparently, in order to harm it, we need to take something away from it. I presume it's Horde, but maybe also it's Heart. That might work. I presume maybe it's life force is attached to its Horde in some way, which makes it protective over the Horde. And if we take even more from it, it might get that's fascinating. still. Thanks, Kira. Yes, that's... And so that I see we've done stuff. good work. Good work. Mm. Well, the problem is that we've then had a bit of an incident involving the local constabulary. I wouldn't have thought they would have posed a problem for you, Peter? No. Um, the problem is there were too many of them. And I was worried if I use my, let's call them my gifts too much, then things, it's very public. So Peter we went was to the very crash good site. at first. He was very convincing. Worked and well to begin with. Did. And unfortunately, there was um, a wily woman there and she saw through us immediately. Yes. Our cover names failed because I she... said my name was Peter Lane Fox. And well, it would appear. Um, the person is very familiar with Evangeline, and in particular, Evangeline sent a message to say she hopes your violin playing is improved. I don't know what made her bring that up. She was very but beautiful, it, Evangeline. Her name was Nancy. Nancy Alcott. Is this a relative of yours or, or right. someone? So you are to tell me that you gained great confidence from your initial investigations and seem to have stumbled into a viper's nest of additional confrontation with people who know myself and undoubtedly now are very aware of yourselves why we oh, are everything. here oh, and everything. what we are doing pretty much uh, yes they, she was they, very wily information from you no she was really good at asking she was, questions yes yeah, she bewildered us by asking you questions see the thing is eventually we really wanted to um strike up both. a good yeah impress you both no, 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 a good working yep, relationship with, with the these officers because they very much have the crash site um cordoned off and under surveillance uh, we, she seemed to know a great deal about Thorn investigations and yourself already, and we thought that it would be possibly worth the risk to test the waters further with a bit of trust building by on using some honesty after we had lied to her, bold-faced lies, just immediately upon meeting her, and um, it didn't work out very well. We, we didn't give all the information. She doesn't know that Stephen is locked in a room in the basement of Thorn Investigations. However, it wouldn't it surprise wouldn't me if take the police much. were there later because I did give a card to the first person we met and told them to call us with information. Well, and I told her my name was Annabelle Thorn. So. I'd like to say Peter is not laughing. but No, I'm not laughing. I, I just can't all. believe what a bad decision Perhaps, perhaps in the future, Crying we ought to, we ought to, ahead of time, come up with other identities, names that we can fall back on, so that when we are not on the spot, we um, not only 
expose part of our own name, but part of a, the name of a, a, a teammate as well. Well, yes, this worked really well the last time, and this is only my second day in the my second time in the field, and the method didn't work because I was able to dominate the first person. Then there were two others, and a very burly man called Redmond, who whose paperwork may have inexplicably gone up in flames as we walked away. But this is important. They definitely know my name and they had a file with our names inside. Well, yeah. I, I will say they don't have a file with my name in anymore, if that's a plus for us. They Something just tells me they won't ash. be forgetting your name, though. Or oh, not have copies. <laughs> but as you say, this is... We are all fairly new at this kind of work, Peter. You mustn't be too harsh on yourself. Perhaps um, we are... Likewise, a of self-reflection is in order. We can reflect upon successes of what you have achieved and perhaps reflect on what you could potentially do differently next time. Definitely not. And we must be Let's better at lying wide. next time when dealing with members of authority. Yes, this is something that we should... We will have to think about how we approach situations like that in the future. When we are engaging with members of... So you, you said she was working with the police... She is a, she was I an think inspector. she was a chief inspector. I see. And they knew what was going on. Well, they were, they were not the surprised. Car. They yeah, were not they, surprised. She wasn't convinced about the dragon, but she wasn't so mocking and shocked or like disbelieving to suggest that she doesn't know at least something of these matters. Um, who is she, Evangeline? She seemed very familiar with you, and she wished us to pass on a message. Um, I mocked her for it and said we wouldn't pass it on, and I have now forgotten what it was. So it was that seems to align. No, it was something else as well. I think she just said to say hello. She said, she said hello. I hope you've got better at playing the violin. Playing the violin. Um, and I hope probably um, that you're well. I'm sure she hopes you, that. You said she was, you described her like a viper's nest. Is this woman, is this woman an enemy? Not an, not an enemy. She's completely harmless, as would anyone who encourages blowing to create musical melody would be. Um, we just, we had a few, yes. The most graceful kind of musician. I do love the flute. I have to say, I always loved the flute growing up as a child. Fantastic instrument. <laughs> That's lovely to hear. I'm very, I'm very happy to hear about your preferences. Do we need Sorry, to let yeah. Annabelle know? I think she might. She probably will know. I, I do think yes. that one of you might need to call oh, Annabelle. No, very you do it. Very well. Um, I will let her know that there is already an official investigation into this and they are aware of the 
extra natural elements. And us, could you say that? I think that and is important us. that she knows that. Yes, you, you said they had a file. They were carrying a file with our names in it. He found my name in it. Yeah. The very, the well, very, at least Peter's. The big muscly man found my name in it. He was very muscly. Okay, I'll let her know that the big muscly man knew your name. She won't be interested in that fact. No, I don't think she will. It is important. Perhaps save it for your report. <laughs> this will be a very interesting report to write. Um, we didn't even have time to investigate the mystery whilst we were there. We did see that the car was very much burnt by a raging Melted. hot fire. Yeah, it was all melty and the was doors the, had been was, like kicked out and the, the boot had been ripped off. Was, the, com was the combustion from the inside or from the outside? From the outside. We would guess from the outside. Based on the limited time we've spent. Okay. Because when we suggested maybe a creature or something or a communist had used a flamethrower on it. <laughs> I'm not laughing in character, just cut. I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> Dragon. Flamethrower or communist. <laughs> One of the three. <laughs> oh no. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> um, they seem to agree with that. She's nothing if not agreeable. Um, perhaps we should move on with our investigations. Um, we we thought of a, a, a avenue that we may wish to explore before we make ourselves known to any curators of the um, um, McCulloch Institute. Um, in that, what the people that were with Stephen why they chose to rob this, and if there was any outside influence upon that. Actually, Nancy asked us that as well. Did she? But we didn't. She did. Yeah, she said. Um, did he? Did Stephen tell us why he and his brother and his his associates um, did what they did? And he did. He didn't tell us. That we didn't ask. Wait. He was just the driver, I believe. Mm. Yes. I don't remember him mentioning the brother at Thorn Investigation. That may be, that may be my mishearing of what Nancy no, said. No, she did just say brother. She did say brother. Okay. Um, it was his cousin. And I, Jim Bell and Poppy McGee were the other two people that were uh, with his little I think, group. I don't you know believe what? he's I been said brother. I I meant I meant cousin. Sorry, I meant. Oh, okay. I, 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 <laughs> I was like, "Why is this?" You, you I <laughs> sure I said this right. Actually, no. I just, I just said it wrong. You were um, very thorough last time. I have, a, I have, I have a, a archive file of his entire family tree from what he explained to us. Um, sure enough. I don't think we're going to. Um, yeah. This woman is going to be everywhere we go. She knows their names. She knows who they speak to. We're going to come across her, and we well, need to keep. Vera's her never met her. Vera might be our only way forward. We didn't mention Vera's name because why would we? That would be very silly to do so. I'm sure they have it on file somewhere, though. Well, that is part of the problem. But what I mean is, we might not be able to avoid working with the police, and we need. We ended our discussion because we would have needed to share even more information and 
she wasn't really giving anything back. Share. She kept asking no, us for nothing. more information. And she wasn't like letting us look at the car. So, so almost so like she was a police call. officer questioning mm. us as a proper government official. She did make a point of saying she represented the British government. Yeah. Now, whether that was just because we don't, and she's a police person, I don't know. But they were very well dressed. She was very stylish. And I only she talk about the gentleman really with, 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 the very broad gentlemen is because their suits and everything were brand new and they were very well tailored. But she didn't care that her high heels were muddy, which tells me that she's a woman who um, is committed to getting the job done. By any means necessary, I'm sure you will find out. Well, we do know about Mr. Gray, uh, who's the security guard at the collection, and Mr. Fraser with the centre parting. Um, he works there. I think he's the... Um... So you know that, um, Mr. Fraser has mentioned, you know that um, from your previous looking at the treasure, uh, ben, uh, Mr. Gray is the nighttime caretaker mm-hmm. um, and Mr. Fraser is the daytime caretaker. Oh, There is only okay. one of each and yeah, that, you found that, that Mr. Gray was not happy that there was one of each. It seems like it's been, from what you remember, um, he seems a bit stretched that he has to do everything at night and for it, Mr. Fraser has to do everything you at night. Um, you know, and you know, um, it was Mr. Boyd was the curator. Mr. Boyd. Mr. Boyd, that's right. Okay. We decide upon our cover story now because I don't yeah. think we'll be able to come I'm up with a fake lie. one. Well, I, I suppose it's going to depend on who we're speaking to. It sounds like the police already know who we are. It might just be best to be straightforward with them. Um, while we are attempting to uh, undertake this mission ourselves, I, I don't necessarily see any reason why cooperation with them is <clears throat> is not in our best interest. Good. Then perhaps yourself and Evangeline should help open up the discussion around cooperation as more experienced and perhaps in the field than us. The only thing, the only last question about the police's involvement that I have is that they, and perhaps we do know this from Stephen already, but she appeared to, she questioned us as to why they had done what they'd done. Although she didn't specify, it seemed that makes me feel like she knew they had committed a crime um, already. But if we have what he stole, um, there must be more evidence that they had robbed. I don't know, maybe there was more things in the car from the hoard, or maybe they know some other way. Maybe they're just making an assumption, but it's interesting to note. This is why lying will be difficult. They know more than us Mm. and do not value us right now. Well, it might be worth trying to consider what we do have that we might offer them, but that we don't have to give up. Do we have anything that we, we... We have the bracelet. Well, they might get eaten if we give it to them. I'm not suggesting we give it to them, but... And even 
just letting them know that we have it would, I suppose, put us under pressure. Yeah, we certainly didn't over. let them know that. Um, Excellent. Maybe, maybe we should give them the bracelet. If it's in a secure police lockup and the dragon attacks the lockup, our position will be validated. We were specifically asked not mm, or to, to yeah. ensure that exposure did not have the public. They made a very good point earlier of telling us they are not the public. They are the British government. But the government is made up of the public, though, Peter. I feel like Annabelle wouldn't want us to put, even though they are the police, she wouldn't want us to put them in unnecessary danger by knowingly giving them an item that's going to cause the dragon to attack them. Like, she might frown on that. It, it, yeah, it's possible they actually do have the resources to contain items in much the same way that we do. But unless we can think of a way of asking them that information without letting on that we have an item that needs to be protected. Secondly, what is our goal here currently? What is it that we are trying to achieve? What are we ultimately striving towards? Annabelle has asked us to contain the situation and minimise exposure to the public and, if necessary, eliminate a threat. Well, then I think it's clear that we need to just focus on the dragon. We need to speak with the dragon. Are we... We should... Are we aiming to, to ultimately destroy this dragon or are we seeking to hopefully achieve some peaceful outcome? I believe we should aim for peace. This creature has lived through the war and I feel creatures with power they've hidden for so long. Why would we wish to kill something like this? I don't think it's a wish to kill. We don't want to kill it, but if we have, if that's what we have to do to keep people safe. Perhaps we do not have all the information we need. We know where the horde was found and taken from. If it is the creature's horde and as it follows it, perhaps that is an avenue that us alone are aware of and perhaps Gain more information about this creature, its past, why it was there. Because whilst it may be rampaging around here, to continue a line of investigation that puts in front of that creature will most surely signify it or or our demise. Like That's when like when idea. we sent um like when we sent that spectre to its happy place for its final days. Perhaps we can find a place where this creature can be as it was. How far is how far are the caves from here? We should you're right, there won't be others there. That would be a good location to begin with. How far are the caves? The, the no, no, it's, it's it's a while away. It is a while away, Danan, from where you are. How long are like car though? That sounds like quite a good bet. The dragon's definitely not there. No, it, uh, we, we have don't a new know. We don't know. 
We do, but if all of its hoard is in the collection. But it's all been taken away from it. This is the alternative here is that we lay a trap for a dragon. Is there somewhere safe in the city we could reveal the item that we have to lay a trap for the dragon to come to it and then use it to engage in conversation? Magic can be used to bar locations from particular types of creature or alternatively trap specific people or types of creature. Um, magic is often, it appears to often be the answer to our problems. Perhaps, perhaps we do not have to travel. Um, right, the, the weave, when I am able to manipulate it, can create light and image. Um, perhaps we can use magic um, to observe this place from the comfort of, of, of the van um, and share perhaps just be able to see what is in there. Runic markings or stones or information that we weren't able to pick up from our earlier investigations. Yeah, I mean, you, you absolutely would be able to do that. Um, you'd also, I, I think you probably, you know, could get a map out and realize that Denan is nowadays about four and a half hours drive away from where you are. Um, but that is nowadays, that is with motorways. So it would be easily six or seven hours drive, which I'm going to let you all know, you can commit to that and that's fine. <laughs> But perhaps having a sneak peek might be a good idea as well. And we haven't fully finished all the threads in the city. We should probably check out the collection at least before we. Yes, but perhaps knowing of a location or an option before we embroil ourselves in that location might be best. But we must be weary from all of this traveling. Perhaps we can freshen ourselves up before we head out further into the city. Well, we have also been up all night. We have not yet slept, and it is approaching mid-afternoon. Um, do we... Something was just bubbling away in the back of my head, and do we know... Have we already... Do we definitely know that the dragon is aware of the rest of the horde? No. no. As you said, no. yeah, as, as you said, the, perhaps the, the items in the collection, in the museum, are themselves warded in some way. Maybe the dragon doesn't even know that they're there. Maybe the only reason this dragon has appeared now is because a single item managed to find its way out of this okay. collection. The hoard itself, yeah. I, I, I was assuming that the dragon was in charge of the hoard. They, they, they assumed a, a modern form, and were, um, the hoard was their collection, and they were there overlooking it, but possibly. Possibly 
this dragon has been stolen from a long time ago or, or some time ago and the items are actually being kept away from the dragon by a third party. If that is the case, then um, McCulloch's daughter, who was instrumental in creating this, might might hold some answers. Yeah, because the horde, Danny, question, it was dug up a long time ago and has only recently been put on. So play after McCulloch died. So yes, yeah, so the the entire collection was in. Uh, Sir Campbell's house um, as just sort of he had this huge collection of things including the hoard as well. A few after he died which was about six or so months ago um, actually sorry not six months um, it was a while ago the Mother collection has been it's fairly established in Glasgow uh, so it's been a couple of years um, it was set up in Glasgow and everything's been great and what you got the impression of was that um, uh, Sir Campbell's daughter, um, the information you maybe got gathered from her about her was that she um, wasn't as interested in keeping a big old house full of things that didn't belong to her and yeah. instead decided to share them with the public. Okay. Um, yeah. So the, the horde has been away from wherever it was buried for much longer than... Yes. Cool. Yes, but uh, a, a a large house full of of many beautiful trinkets and reliquies would have had staff to maintain them. Um, yes. Yeah. I just think Fear is probably onto something. It was if it was a dragon may have accompanied it or lost it in the way. It's a very interesting um, angle. We know enchantments if we see any when we when we go there. I do when have. Something I can prepare that will allow us to visualize them if there are any present. When we used magic to try and observe the dragon, we observed a room full of people at this horde. So that is why we believed there was a connection between the dragon and those people and a more modern visage. We should pick. Oh, yeah, he's definitely masquerading as a person. Is he masquerading as a person, or is yeah. has the group of people become the dragon? Oh my goodness. Don't know. In the leaves, I just saw a man turning into a dragon. So there was there was a um, single man, but I, I mean, he might be married, but and uh, in one individual, alone. Um, I suggest we find somewhere to sleep. Make sure that I'm the van is secure. And then go to whichever place we just agreed to go to. I think most of the the evidence is pointing us to the McCulloch collection. Well, there's time this afternoon if we wish to go now. Let's go now while we still have a small amount of adrenaline and then we can find a place to rest. At least the police will still be busy at the crash site. They wouldn't expect us to go straight to there or that location next. So perhaps before we go, we shall observe the caves and give us time to freshen up from our trips along the road. We okay. wish a few moments yeah, myself. To freshen up, okay. Would you would like me to come to the ladies' room with you? I have all my equipment in the truck. Okay. As always. 
So Evangeline takes however long she needs to uh, freshen up after her journey. A full outfit change. A full outfit change, I think. No, Um, we're not on road clothes right now. We're in. Would there be any contact with Thorn Investigations in this time? Uh, I I would call, yeah, I would call Thorn Investigations and leave a message for Annabelle. Um, Actually, if you 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 call then Annabelle, Annabelle would would answer would be ready to answer the phone i think <laughs> the call okay. came through um and she would uh yeah i mean she talked you through what has happened um and she'd be thoroughly impressed that peter and tabitha were able to screw it up that badly so quickly i think uh, i would, I would try to be when... soft in the way mm. that i yeah right. so they gave my name as a fake name <laughs> to somebody who works for the government when trying to sneak onto a crime scene. I think perhaps some training is in order um, yes. in the art of subterfuge. Um, this is not something that we have approached as a group no. formally. I think it's high time we did so. I think the first lesson will be don't give somebody's actual real name as your fake name. It's a, it's a good Thank first you. lesson, but um, we have not had that lesson. No, of course. Till now. Um, well, now maybe we don't need it anymore. Um, I have Angus here. Uh, looks like he's having some sort of panic attack. Should I send him to Glasgow with some with the information he's collected for you? Uh, that would be wonderful. I will... Um, leave a message for him at the train station when we have arranged accommodation um, uh, so that I'm, he will know where to go. I'm sure he'll be very happy to know that he could be helpful. Um, let me know uh, what's, what hotel you're staying at as well. If I need to contact you, I will. Stephen has been very quiet. Oh, he'd be in a way. Well, I'm, that's probably better than being loud. Do look after yourself, Vera, and the rest of them, if they don't get themselves into danger. We will be as safe as we can while we try and track down a dragon. <laughs> I'll speak to you later. Speak later. And um, you, Evangeline, is sorted. Um, you Can I have your use magic roll to have a look at the... Look at another yes. place. Or ask everyone to come into the truck mm-hmm. with me as I do this and close it off and just make sure it's kind of inside. Um, and yeah, I'd like to help out. Cool. Yeah, do it. Give me a help out roll. Seven. Okay, cool. You expose yourself to trouble or danger. Cool. Sweet. No, it's fine. I know exactly what it's going cool. to be. Okay, cool. Lovely. So, uh, do, do I get a plus one from that? You do get a plus one from that. Actually, uh, that, that would be a 15. Because mm. um, I got I got two sixes. Fantastic. <laughs> We're still in trouble. Um, and you and you'll see Evangeline will pull um, a, a, a little like string of light um, from her amulet, and she'll spin it around in her fingers until it almost creates like a, a small kind of ball within her hands. And um, kind of activating her magic, she's going to then to observe the top of the, the other place, kind of cast the light out, and it will kind of just dance on the walls and just kind of create a pattern of light, which will kind of hopefully come into more focus 
as the success comes in, um, of the kind of the cave where, the, or so observing another place, the place where this hoard was found, that unnamed burial site. So we can kind of view it together as a group. Perfect. And um, Peter, what does it look like when Peter helps out with this? I was going to say, all of your pretty light gets almost a slightly darker definition on the shapes and everything else as you see the shadows become more pronounced of the images that you're showing. Um, so both of you use your magic in this way to create a... You sort of essentially transform the inside of the van, not as a direct copy of this cave that you you know of but have never seen. It's more sort of like a sort of light outline of all the rocks and everything in this cave and the space. And there's a, there is a lot of definition, but um, it's not like it's a crystal clear photograph. Um, there's a lot, you can still see through that, like you can still see through to the where the van is. It's just sort of like it's created this space around you. Um, and Angelina and Peter, you both sense as well as Peter puts his magic into this chat, this, the, and the darkness with it between um, Evangeline's light gets a lot more sort of definition to it. Um, the there's sort of like a a reverberation of magic around you all in this space. It's sort of it like channels out slightly. Peter's magic is very much um centered on him. And when it's used, it sort of it's dragging itself out and Peter has to pull it back. In this moment as he is mixing with Evangeline's magic, it seems to spread out further than Peter normally would let it go. It lights do does give the darkest shadows. Exactly. Um <laughs> and you see this the the inside of the van is essentially transformed into what looks like a an old cave. There is a um uh opening nearby which leads off towards a space where you can see there is some light. And you can also see around this cave, um there is some sort of writing and stuff on the floor and on the walls. Um, but what really catches your eye is the fact that a lot of this has been set up to look like a sort of exhibition. This cave has become a place of interest. And so there are um, sort of posts that have information about the cave and sort of the history of the cave and when it was found and who found it and what happened to the treasure, where the treasure is now and um, a sort of like a chalk outline of the, um, where the the mysterious man was found in the center of the room. Um, but it's not like a, like a crime scene chalk outline. It's somebody's done it artistically to be like, oh, and this is where the mysterious man lay when he was found, but in this cave. Um, and you see there are people in this space as you look at it. Um, and they sort of, again, you don't see any clear definition on them, but there is um, so like shades walk in and around, people who are looking and reading the post. It looks like essentially a, a historical monument at this point. So a thing that's been found that's now become a tourist attraction. Yeah. Um, but the kind of the markings and obviously the plaques are pointing things out as a little point of interest in a cave system. Um, I'm going to make out, obviously, we're looking at this place to see. Obviously, this is where a man was. This was their treasure. And is, are there any any markings or visible things that we can tell, links to the kind of things we saw 
when we saw the Horde, when we've seen Divisions of the Dragon, anything um, along those lines. There is, I mean, I, I would say you recognise a lot of the carvings in the stone on the walls around the, uh, where the body ended up. Um, similar sort of Nordic writing, straight angles, lots of, um, lots of that style of writing. Um, and I mean that that's that's the thing that, that you pick up on. Um nothing specific, nothing else specifically from that though. Um it looks like a a very nice day out, essentially, for people if if you want to go and look at a bit of history. Um my keen eye, can I use the investigator mystery and ask the question, what is being concealed here? Because there is a lovely, beautiful facade of Story and everything being placed here, but I just wanted to see if I, I want to see if I can see anything past it that's not necessarily just just behind this kind of veil of chorusy. Yes. What's being concealed here? Yeah, of possible. course. You look around this strange light space, and you um, obviously you don't see where the treasure is anymore. The treasure has been taken out. Um, Oh, sorry, what did you roll? Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, you roll. <laughs> my, my, my mistake. <laughs> my mistake. I was definitely aware of that. Absolutely. I rolled a, I roled a, a nine on the dice plus oh, one. Thank shot, God. So that. Ten. I don't so, have to take back yes. all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so you have uh, hold two on that. Then. Two, yes. That, 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 that question is what's being concealed here. What's being concealed here. Um, and was do you want to me to answer that first one then you can go with the second one or yeah so um the treasure's not there anymore it's all been moved um like all the treasures being is gone from this space uh the what you what strikes you as odd is the fact that the the body has been the bodies have been drawn out the way it was found. It doesn't look like a burial ground. It doesn't look like somebody is laid to rest here. People have already assumed that because it looks like that. It looks like somebody was laid in the room. There's treasure everywhere. What you see is that the body is drawn in such a way that the outline is drawn in such a way that it looked like somebody perhaps just lay down. Yeah, they chose to lie down in that space. Right, and I, I will, as as we're kind of observing the space, I'll kind of just draw my hand across that mountain and say, "Perhaps this is not a burial ground, but a prison. Something trapped within these walls gave up and lay down." And I will ask the last question: Was what's happened here to that body? What could I can tell? Um. Okay. It's tricky because I just want to be able to um, tell you without trying to figure out how you know. Um, you you think about that. You think about somebody being trapped here, and that perhaps it was some sort of prison. But that doesn't that doesn't ring true when you when you think about it. Why would somebody be imprisoned? in a place full of treasure. Why would people think, well, we'll, we'll show this person what's what, we'll imprison them with all this gold that he's going to have now have nobody else can have. You also 
forget that this thing is was found was found of you know a, a, a while ago, but it wasn't like there was any sort of map to it. Nobody had made markings of where this should go. So again, it's odd that somebody would imprison somebody here, and then there wouldn't be any sort of way to get in. There wouldn't be any like the what was found was a cave that had been fully covered, like fully caved in, like had been concealed. So it instead of a prison, it seems more like somebody, this person, locked themselves in. Welcome, I'm Bastet. I'll be running your operation. The project's official name is the Adventurer's Research of Abnormal Civilian Experiences, or Project Arrowace for short, to investigate the unusual occurrences that have been happening everywhere recently. I've hired you all for your uh, indisputable military prowess. I'm going to be honest, I think we should run. Your academic expertise. I don't know, I'm not a wizard in real life. And your hands-on experiences. Tentacles belong in the ocean! I did lose, I also lost all my food, so Delphi, in a few hours you might start looking really delicious. Oh! Okay. <laughs> Can everyone please roll for an initiative? Oh! I nearly cut so hard. <laughs> Deck of Many Aces is an actual play podcast made by an all-aromantic and asexual cast and crew. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts, releasing every other Friday. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Deck of Many Aces. Hello, everyone. This is Danny, your keeper and uh, steeper. That's right. I made you a strong cup of mint tea. Didn't even say thank you. Bet you feel bad now. I'm darkening your doorsteps today just to say a big thank you to everyone who's listened to us so far and to everyone who's given us reviews and ratings on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It's been great to see them. Uh, If you haven't done it already, please consider doing it. It means that other people who have not listened to the podcast and can't find us will find it easier to, you know, get involved. I hope you all enjoyed the mystery so far. This is a particular favourite of mine. And things are just starting to heat up. Get it? Because of the fire. Anyway, I will stop bothering you and let you get back to the action. And speak to you all again soon. Perhaps not a prison, but a sanctuary. I had had a working thought in my head that perhaps this man was unknown, burialed, as they call it. That's been the dragon. Perhaps it was someone keeping all of this away from the dragon, as you said. Somebody willingly sacrificing themselves to protect everybody else. What was inside there? The, the lights will dim and unless anyone else wants to have a look around as we're, as we're looking in this. Um, she, will, she will kind of say, I think now more than ever that what we conceal within this place should be under heavy logs and keys and should not be mentioned until we know a lot more now.
with permission, and she'll kind of put her hand towards the um, oubliette door, and she'll look to the earth, and she'll say, with permission, perhaps we should take this in a way that would be dangerous for anyone but you to open, Vera. I think that sounds like a very good idea, although I would rather it not hurt somebody trying to open it. But is there some way we can add an extra layer of magical protection, uh, an arcane lock to the door, which any one of us four would be able to bypass? I would say, actually, if um, if you you want to roll plus sharp for this, and I'll give you a a, a plus for this one, plus one. Uh, with a plus one, that is an eleven. Um, since the changeling came into your house, you have, you were, there was about a week between then and the next mystery starting up. Um, and you knew that Annabelle had talked about adding protections to your house and that there had been talk of, um, the protections I want for investigations and how they could be put to other buildings and put to other places so people can feel safe. As part of that, you would have found the sort of protections that Thorn Investigations have. They were first put in place in the building by Sir Douglas Thorne. And he, looking into them with Annabelle a bit more, um, you found out that it was, you know, it's a, it's a, the protections on a place like that, an extra bit of an arcing lock um, to stop things from getting you don't want to get in. Um, it's tricky and normally especially when it's not to say to do with your oubliette which is a different sort of magic um you have to tie it to a person so if you were so what annabelle and you perhaps discussed was that the protection that one thought investigations were tied to somebody in and thought investigations sort of to then if they are safe, then Thorn Investigations cannot be entered in that way. And so Douglas saw and set this up. Um, so you know that you could do that. There is a way of doing it. Um, I would say it does count as big magic because it is tying somebody's life to this thing so that they, bec they essentially become the lock. It does also come with the potentially nasty side effects of the fact that if somebody wants to get in there and they realize that my life is tied to the lock, then they will need to kill me in order to access what's inside. Yes, that is true. I only offered that it be you because this is your vehicle and you asked me to do the enchantment. It is, if it is too you. much of a burden, I also No, Tabitha, no, you will not. Here. I'm not sure any of us should be tied with their life. Well, I think, Peter, no offence, you often take a lot of um, physical violence directed at a person and perhaps are the most likely to get injured and therefore are they not a sensible option for the lock protector. I'll be fine. I I'm not sure Annabelle would see it that way, Tabitha. I'm sorry to who do you think is, invoke her name. Who do you think's life protects Thorn Investigations? I always assumed Annabelle. 
exactly. Well, I'm her niece, and I will protect this plan. Right. Right. Do you think Annabelle was there when that enchantment was placed? Or does it pass from one to the next? And if that is if that is how the magic works via lines of blood, it wouldn't want you to be tied. No, I think she she was volunteer to say that you wouldn't be able to then protect everyone at Thorn Investigations should the worst happen to your aunt. I do not know of the of all the enchantments, but that is a possibility. The only thing that would maybe come to Tabitha's mind in this moment is that there is another member of Thorn, the Thorn family, that very rarely leaves the house. Sure, but I still volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, do I think it was like passed down? Like, do I think that one day I'll have to be? Well, no, from what from what Vera's found out and would have probably told you all is that it seems more like it's tied to the one person. It's not like it just it's, has to be a person. It has to be a person that it's tied yeah. to. How long do we need this lock in place for? Anyway, are we sure we need the lock? Because the UPS... That's my question. How long does it have to be in place for? Are we talking about one night? It, it is hidden. Not terribly well. Anybody doing a thorough search will realise that there's a, a, a space. Yeah, um, but why would they be doing a search in the first place? It's a good question. Perhaps it is our vehicle and they know who we are. Well, just lock um, the car. The police. Um, I, I, think, I think I might sleep in the van tonight anyway. I must you. I'll make a different suggestion. We take the bangle, we take it with us, and we perform magic to protect the location we're in to prevent dragons from entering. But the thing about the oubliette is that it, the dragon doesn't know it's there when it's inside the oubliette. This is exactly it's, where we, we, we've driven it with it here, unopened. But if we took it even so the dragon would know where it was once we take it out of the oubliette, I don't think we should. Exactly. Exactly. As Until we're as ready as to said. face it. Right, face the right face the dragon. Face them. So we're staying in the van. Are we going to? Are we going? We're going to bed now, then, and not going to the museum. We're about to go. To, this was because we can't leave the van unattended to go in a museum. Right, we can leave the van unattended. Oh, you guys, can we just park it outside the museum? I'm sure it will be fine. No, the van locks. That. The oubliette locks. There's no reason to know that anything is in there. Oh, okay, I'll stay in the van. Or let's find a location in the city, a lock-up or something, where we can store the van whilst we're here. There are lock-ups in the city. Can we, do, can we just party. do a little magic spell to make the van look like uh, a magic spell. We can <laughs> We can use magic to bar the location there we go. to prevent... There we go. I, I, could, I could do magic to bar it to allow dragons in. You could do magic to bar humans from going in, and we could do everything. <laughs> Okay, I think yeah. I think at the moment humans are probably the bigger threat to our, disrupting our plans. Fantastic. Who wants to do the magic to bar humans from going into the van while you go to the, the colour collection? I'll do the magic. Cool. Give me your magic roll. Let's see what happens. Come on. <laughs> the whole van explodes. <laughs> I still want to do it to bar dragons from entering. Okay, yeah, I'll do humans. I think that sounds like a jolly good idea, Peter. Um. Oh, that is so close. I rolled five on the dice, but I have plus three, so it's eight. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, cool. Um, so, yeah, the effect works in the way you want it to work, but you have to choose a glitch. Okay, a glitch. A glitch. I'll take oh, some harm. Take some harm. 
Yeah, I mean, you you cast your magic. I actually use my blood to cast the magic. Band. So, yeah. <laughs> and um, as you cast it, you Sorry, the um, the fan is protected, uh, but you feel like a, a sort of a sharp pain shoot up your arm as the magic sort of like shoots back into you as you cast it. Just a bit bit volatile, your magic. I like grit my teeth so that nobody sees that I'm in pain. <laughs> Um, Peter, did you want to protect it from dragons? Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> Use my check. Um, Peter steps and you watch um, Black weave its way in round the edge. I assume you're doing all this like in a place nobody We're can see as well, right? Oh, like, yeah. Just... <laughs> <laughs> um, Peter rolls a nine, so I have to give you a glitch. Okay. Um, <laughs> the, you take one harm, ignore armor magic. Yeah. Does that would that class would that also be the case for my immortality or would I? It's would uh, take one arm and normal, so it would bypass that. Yeah, I say I would say that you you can't say I'm going to take this one and then not take any harm from. <laughs> I'm going to take harm not. I'm going to go for problematic side effects. I don't like any. Of, of course you. Of course you. I don't want the because I don't want the attention and I don't want no, the harm. No, so I'm giving you a yeah. problem. By now, I hope you have a whole list of problematic side effects for when that happens. Yeah, I mean, when you cast a protective spell on a van. Um, yeah, I mean, the problematic side effect. Um, the... Right. There's <laughs> <laughs> definitely stuff which will upset, upset Vera. I, I've actually thought of a few now, so I'm thinking of all the things that would upset Vera with her van from my problematic side effects. Um, I would say, yeah, uh, you cast the spell and it's protected from dragons, but it, along one side of the van, really messes up the paintwork. It really messes <laughs> it up. Interpersonal problem. It's like, it's like a... It's, like, it's like you know when um uh plug shorts like a short circuits and like you see that the wire that the blacks up the wall from where the wire is it's like that across the side of the van yeah i feel less bad about getting blood all over it now this is fine this is completely fine <laughs> think you just you're seething she's seething <laughs> um sorry about that it's important. Dragons may no longer enter our van. I'm sorry for the side bit. You head into the McCullough collection. <laughs> Finally, it's in the McCullough collection. Um, the building is um, sort of the, the facade of it, the front entrance of it, um, has a very grand look to it. Uh, the building has a a flight stairs that go up to the main door. You know that at one point, um, this building looks like it could have in the like many years ago been some sort of art college. It looks like it's made up to look very grand, and um, there are pillars and everything, and that ev all every piece of stonework on the front of this building is thought out in a artistic sort of way. Um, it looks very pretty, um, and. You know, but there's also there's a practical elements to it as well. The windows have been reinforced. Everything's been uh, made more practical because buildings like this would then take on other roles during the war. It probably was at one point a, a hospital or some sort of um, shelter for people, maybe not a, a fully bomb shelter, but a place for people to come and stay if their homes were destroyed. So it has a 
strange mixture of this artistic face that has seen wartime. And as you enter, you see that it sort of continues a little bit into the space. It's um, huge. There is a um, large foyer area that you're in and it spreads off to the left and to the right and backwards a little bit, though the back uh, sort of part of this as part the back third of this building is uh, smaller than the rest the left hand side and the right hand wing sorry the left wing the right wing um go off much further and there's much more space for things in those wings um the floor is this um sort of beautiful white looking marble or marble-esque sort of flooring um and there are pillars that sort of mark out along um the sides of the building that sort of come around um the practical elements that sort of seem to filter into this space are the things that have been built into it. So things like um, where there may have been uh, grand staircases at some point, there are now sort of uh, metal walkways that uh, sort of create balconies on the second floor, also the first floor above you. Um, so the first floor is what you're on, ground floor. Then you have the second floor and you have a third floor as well. Um, so there are metal walkways that go around there, creating this sort of funnel of light down to this main foyer that you're in. And around where there's four years, there's also uh, metal staircases that lead up to those different balconies. Um, and it's bustling. There's lots and lots of people here. There's a big echoey space. And straight away, you see that on the uh, first floor to the uh, back, you see this sort of a, a gallery. It looks like a sort of history of McCulloch. So you see pictures off in the distance of like estately homes and um, family members. And you can't make out details, but it looks like the history of McCulloch is there to tell you a bit more about the collection. You have things to the right, like a shop and cafe and whatnot for people who are coming and bustling around. And left, you have portrait galleries, like old looking portrait galleries. And the collection extends upwards into the second and third floors as well. Um, and as you walk in, like your feet, the sound of your footfalls echo around the space that you're in and you just get the sense of grandeur that you get that you know you get from most impressive museums when you walk into them and uh yeah so you you walk in and you know there's a few there's a um at the moment as you walk there is a tour that's sort of walking around um coming out of the history section of the um the collection and there's a tour guide there with a group of people following on after them um there are a few people who look like they might work here you see that there is a um a, a, a caretaker uniform um you know what the caretaker uniform looks like and they're wearing one and they are like wandering around uh, from place to place here um you also see uh did we see you know, um, mr fraser you did not see mr fraser in your vision you saw mr gray in your vision but this is the only other caretaker looking person uh, so you might see this is mr fraser here mr fraser got sent a parting uh no that is the curator oh, that's boyd right that's boyd. okay that's right sorry sorry, that's sorry. um and yeah there are a few people standing around there are people looking at things that people walk. there are a few benches set up in this space for people just to have a seat on um and you see that there is a um there's a woman who's writing at one of the tables and she seems to have, she's the tour guide at one point looks over towards her and she sort of just like, like 
tapping her watch and he, uh, he sort of tries to ignore her and takes her to a bit further away. Um, and it's just a, a bustling place full of information and full of things going on at people. Um, so what would you like to do at this point? I think I sense a kindred spirit to that woman over there with, with, with the, 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 the tapping of the watch and the gesturing of people and I will probably start to kind of... Ramble in that kind of way you do in, a, in in like galleries and museums, and I'm gonna like just take a bit in, making my way towards her. You know, the click of the click of my heels on the floor echoing, um, um, and I'd just like to absorb the space before I get to her because I have two questions. If I can get hold of you, um, on invest, can I investigate this place as we wander through? Um, just investigate mystery. Which is now eleven. My curse has my curse has been lifted. It's so lovely. Um, the first the first hold, I'd like to use my special ability called forensic divination, which says whenever I investigate a mystery, I can ask what magic is done here. And kind of like as I I can as I said to as oh it's actually it's a free question I get whenever I investigate a mystery misread that um so the first question I want to ask is are there like enchantments and magics to kind of answer Vera's questions and anything else as I kind of just scan around um I mean there is some they're not on this floor you get the sense that they are in a different place in this museum but there is this ever presence of magic sort of seeping into things around here well, she will say right, she... right where you are feels quite faint mm, okay. i will i will relay that as i'm kind of before as i'm wandering off and just kind of say to you um there are echoes of enchantments and magic here but nothing in our near vicinity probably warrants a deeper dive through this location and as i do i'll kind of saunter through um and just um kind of go over and talk to her as part of the investigative mystery and i'm um, trying to work out what's being concealed here because obviously i can't see where this magic is and stuff and i will just um, kind of like sidle up towards where the woman's desk was that tapped her kind of watch towards the tour operator and just say good evening my dear this is a fine establishment that isn't it she looks up at you she has this um Sort of little, um, neatly cut blonde hair, sort, of, uh, sort of fairly straight, comes down to her shoulders. She's wearing a knitted vest over her shirt, with a little tie that's sort of tucked into it. She looks up at you and says, I mean, yes, I suppose, if you like that sort of thing. Do you, do you, do you work in this um, establishment? No. <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, my apologies. I'm just a, an eager tourist wandering through this location. No, no, you feel free to wander then. Ah, um, lovely to meet you. My name is um, Evangeline. Caitlin. Caitlin. That's a beautiful name. You know, what brings you here if not for the joys of uncovering the mysteries that and wonders of this exhibit? She narrows her eyes at you and says, um, you don't work for Boyd, do you? Boyd? I, mean, uh, I have apologies. I, if I am to know of, of a Boyd, 
it is um, certainly not someone from the vicinity of of this establishment. Can you roll me a minute? Like, manipulate somebody. Do I know Boyd? Boyd Lawrence. Uh, you don't know Boyd, but you know of Boyd. You know what Boyd is. <laughs> Seven. Lovely. Um, look, I um, I know he doesn't like me snooping around, but you are snooping. And I like I, I smile towards you. If you don't, if you really don't know who he is, then. Well, why don't you take a seat with me? If you were, if you did work for him, taking a seat with me would be a bit of a death sentence, if I'm being honest. Yeah, of course. And I will sit down. Um, right, well, Evangeline, what brings you here today? I saw the caves. And I wanted to see what, where the, the story continued. Find out more about it. And it brought me here. A beautiful place and this lovely conversation with yourself. I well, you know, the conversation is lovely, but I wouldn't know about this place. A lot of stories end up here. Uh, she has a book and she sort of closes it over. Um, I'm making notes. I'm uh she looks I'm a journalist and I'm currently working on a book just about, you know, it's about museum culture, the sort of the idea of taking things from other places and presenting them as your own. It's um, not something I've that's ever sat well with me. And, uh, well, you know, I've, I have a couple of people here say that they might talk to me about the things that, you know, are here, but don't know how I'll get much out of it. It's the same information everyone knows. You take something from somewhere else, you say it's yours, you put it in a big, what do you say, nice building, beautiful building. Yes. Yes. And then you call it, an exhibit and nobody nobody bats an eye yes a lot of very interesting topic considering we on the precipice of history we now stand on exiting what was a great and terrible war and a lot of the things that corner the fine museums that you talk about are artifacts from many, many more before that we don't necessarily talk about. I mean, I mean that's why that's why I'm here. You know, I I, I just thought it's it, it's after that and and thinking about there's some special that. I mean, I I know your interest in the treasure, but honestly, it's made up of so many different things and pieces from different cultures throughout the world, throughout history that. I, I I mean I've already talked to Boyd and I've already talked to a few people that worked here about like, you know, making amends, trying to give it back. It's not his. Um you see he's up here, he's he's I mean, those who I've talked to have said he's he's fired after staff and not trusting them enough. Um he's a bit of a he's not, you know, a sensible man. And uh I mean, I'm making appeals and hopefully my book, if it gets out, will encourage people to think that maybe this, even if it's just that Pardon my French, fucking treasure gets sent back to where it's supposed to go. Um, then at least I'll have done that. Yes. But what of the things you don't know where they come they come from and where they should go? Then you try. You don't just stick them in a beautiful building and say, Oh, never mind. Oh no. Look, if you don't talk work with Boyd, then that's fine. But um don't I'm sure pretend. I'm sure there'll be a conversation at some point. <laughs> Perhaps. But, uh, you know, it's not a beautiful thing. No, no. Um, 
And like those that profited from those spoils, um, do you think perhaps a means where these things could be liberated would be, as you have so, so justly put, justify a means that was non um, not as honourable as one you have outlined to me so I, far. No, I mean, I, 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 maybe at some point I might have thought that, but if you take something from here now, steal it, then it just ends up back here. You've stolen it from here, you haven't stolen it from the people it should belong to. So it just ends up back here and you end up in prison. So no, I don't really... <laughs> Sorry, Evangeline, I don't know you very well, but you're asking a lot of interesting questions. Um, I mean, I think you were a journalist. Maybe, maybe you're trying to encroach on my my story. Um, but honestly, I, I, not worth it. But I'm trying to make it. You know, people are talking about it. You, you put it out there, people will listen, and people will think that maybe, maybe it's not right that it's kept here. I mean, you know, some people at the, you know, in in this place seem to agree with me. Now, I don't know. You know that tour guide, he said he might have a chat with me. The only, he only did it after, you know, after a couple of caretakers did, because apparently like, they're all buddies. But um, what is his name? The tour guide. Hmm. Uh, Harvey. Yes. You see. Um. As you have so astutely with your journalistic intentions pointed out, I too am here for a story. Um, I bloody knew it. I bloody knew it. You don't just walk up to someone like that nicely without looking for a story. Of course not, my dear. Um, But obviously, birds of a feather, they do seem to flock together as as (laughs) conversations do turn. I am looking for someone that would follow your ethos. But... Not your morals. Right, well, I don't know about that. No? Like I said, no, I, 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 that's not my... I'm not that sort of person. I, I wouldn't do that. I am an astute judge of character. So it's not something I would outrightly accuse you of from our encounter so far. But what I do know is you're a very intelligent and perhaps observant creature like myself. And you would notice or have heard or have seen someone or some ones who might be of that persuasion. I mean, you get all sorts of people coming in and out of the museum, don't you? Yes. Look, I... um... I don't know what your angle is. Just are you a are you a police? Oh no! See, that's parochial. Look, I um, I don't know anything about that. If I mean, if if you're looking for somebody who has connections with criminals, I mean, I'm not I'm not your woman. Um, if you like the one, she um she. Look, flicks with her notebook and you see that amongst all the pages and pages of writing that she's done in this notebook um, like this is exquisitely handwritten work that she's done um, 
in between each one, like sort of dotted about, there are like these beautiful sketches. Um, and you see that they're probably of sort of museum, things from the museum. It looks like she spent a lot of time here. Um, and then every so often in between pages, there's also pictures of people. And she says, well, you know, I just do, you know, people watching. Sometimes it's, you know, sketches while I'm sitting. If I'm, if I'm here, I might as well. Um, take, gives me a little bit of a break, to be honest. And she flicks to a page that, um, she says, the only, I mean, there's lots of people come in. The only dodgy person I've seen come in here, um, was this, um, these, well, these fellas. Um, and he, she points out on a page, the picture of a picture of two people sitting on a bench, similar to the one that she's uh, sitting on just now. And um, she points to one of them, which was both of them. And you see that one of them is, um, looks remarkably like Stephen Donnelly, but isn't Stephen Donnelly. Um, and the other person is a strange looking figure. They look quite, they, there's a sort of strange, the way that their bodies looks, it looks like she may have drawn them in a slightly abstract way, um, where they look slightly taller than, like they look like a very tall person that's sitting down in a slightly awkward way next to uh, David Donnelly. And they have long hair that, that's sort of matted around their shoulders and they have a face that is very sunken very shallow and it looks like they're in conversation david and this person and um the and she says well he just looks like a funny bloke doesn't he i should see why he caught your inquisitive eye. You have a most beautiful skill. Thank you very much. It's very kind of you to say. I say, I should trouble you for that photograph. It is... I think it's just a drawing. She, so she takes it, she just rips it carefully out of her book and gives it to you. Thank you. A most beautiful memento of our time together. And <laughs> what page did you work for again? Um, investigations. Uh, small, small one then. I haven't heard of you. But uh, if I see a story like this show up in some Thorn Investigations magazine or whatnot, I'll be pretty pissed Evangeline. Yeah. You don't know where to come. <laughs> um, and she's like, I'm going to go chase a, a caretaker down about a story. And she um, so stands up and she puts the book. Um, and she wanders off to where her story is. Yes. And um, so in the middle of uh, the Macaulay collection, is there anything else that anyone does at this point? Um, maybe grab a, a map or leaflets to see if there are, you know, what exhibitions are currently showing. You get a map very easily and you can find yourself up at the the King's Hoard, which is which it's called. McCullough collection is on the third floor, the top floor, and it is at the back of it. So as you come up the flights of stairs 
you uh, have off to your right on this floor uh what's an observation room you see there's lots of maps and glass cases on the left you see there's a lot of uh renaissance fashion wear and accessories and stuff it's a very colorful looking space in the left and in the right there is a the walls of this space are covered in treasure you look into an archway built into the wall and there is a rope that stops you from getting even into the space at all. But even looking in where the lights are, you can see that every single one catches on something precious, something, some jewel, some gold, something. Um, the room is just lit up by this constant reflection of light on all the different metallic surfaces in this space. Um, you see there are, um, like chests of gold coins. You see there are, uh, swords, there are breastplates. There's a, um, there's a crown like situated on the wall. There's some shields. There is, um, things that look like they could be Byzantium. There are things that could look like they're from Asia. There's a huge trove of different things in this space. So much so none of you have ever seen anything like this before. Evangeline, you look at this and you immediately, I believe you had the look at what, um, was it Tabitha or Evangeline had seen what Stephen had experienced at the crash site? believe it was Evangeline. I think it might have been my third eye. Then you look at this, and even without that third eye going, you get this sort of tinny sound in the back of your head. And you just hear, just ever so faintly, take it, take it, take it, take it. And as that, those words sort of go over and on and on and on, and you feel like you need to take a step back you hear a voice behind you um, and it is a tall man with uh, centre parting in his head uh, and he's uh, looking at all of you as you watch the hood and uh, he says very impressive isn't it my name is uh, is Eric Boyd I am the curator here uh, seems and he looks over you Evangeline that you're taking a Mighty fine interest in this. Would you like to know more about it? I'd be happy to tell you more. I yes. As I turn around to kind of scope, take him in. Does he look like the scraggly man talking to Stephen Donnelly? He does not. He's not. He's not, he's not that tall man. He's, he's a not different tall, tall man. Everyone's so tall. tall. Everyone's so tall in this one. Uh, this is the one where everyone's um, tall. The next one, everyone's going to be short. <laughs> um. Why? Why? Yes. This is a a most Magnificent collection you have. Mm, yes. Worthy of a king, don't you think? Perhaps it was. Perhaps it was worthy of a king. Um, but uh, I'm sorry to let you know that the um, the exhibition is going to be closing soon. Um, well, not forever. No, no, no. Just, just for today. And, um, you know, th things like this need to be looked after, tended to. Is that what you do? No, no, no. I, 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 I look after it in my own way, but I, I mm. have people to look after it for me. I must be very trustworthy people. 
Of course, I only, I only employ trustworthy people at this museum. Uh, those that do not, those that are not, do not find themselves employed for very long. It's very and um, a very good practice to have. Mm, yes. Uh, how long have you been with the this museum? Well, I've been up here about four months. Uh, I've started making changes in terms of the staff about two months ago, I think. Making changes as in? Oh, firing those that I think aren't. <laughs> uh, you know, trust members, trustworthy members of society. Can't work in this museum if I don't trust you. Uh, forgive me for asking, how many people did you have to let go for, for uh, not being trustworthy? Not that many. I had a night cam caretakers. We had about six before. I had to let go of a few of them, but uh, not nothing that we can't uh, handle in this establishment. But but um, I'm I'm a, I am sorry. We are going to be closing soon. I I don't. I hate to rush you. The the collection is open again tomorrow. If you'd like to come and see it again, Peter moves forward and uses mental dominion, which only works on humans, mm -hmm. to say, could you give us a few more minutes, but can I roll? <clears throat> you absolutely can roll. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 13. It, I get three, it, but this literally tells me if he's a dragon or not. <laughs> so that's what makes me happy. <laughs> Do I have some holds or not? <laughs> He looks at you and he looks blank for a moment and he says, maybe a few more minutes wouldn't hurt.